Welcome to another episode of Old School Thoughts, and thank you for all that you do to make this podcast possible. I am Frank Goodman. And Martha. Hey, Martha. Yes, Frank. It's time to get started again. You better believe it. <laughs> so, here we go. Yeah, here we go. So, do you want me to go right into this introduction this week? You can. All right. So, here it is. You know, I have really enjoyed our series of conversations on the topic of the diaspora. And the conversations have left me feeling many different ways. You know, there's a feeling of relief and thankfulness to God for my constant growth and acknowledgement, but to include having you with me on this journey. I also feel that the diaspora plays a significant role in old school thoughts because if we African descendants lose sight of this history and kinship we will fail to see ourselves as one people from one continent by way of one slave trade so our international ancestors have endured so much amid centuries of horrific atrocities and survival They developed communities, assimilated into politics, education, and many other segments of our society. So Martha, you know, how do you feel about this movement of acknowledging the diaspora and the role it plays in old school thoughts? Well, Frank, before I get into that, let me say thank you so much to you. By the way, that was an excellent introduction. Thank you. And I, too, have enjoyed the exploration of the diaspora mm-hmm. and its far-reaching impact around the world. And I'd like to thank our listeners for all their support yeah, definitely. and their comments. Right. Because they've come back with some excellent comments. Right. And I've enjoyed exploring the diaspora with you. Mm-hmm. And for me, it was a gaining of an understanding, much like what we had in old school, that we had to pay attention mm-hmm. and we certainly had to look for patterns of things and talking to you about it you know we came to understand how broad reaching it was and how expansive it was that affects many countries around the world Right. and together we learned the scope of it mm-hmm. and who in countries that people existed that may be related to us but we've never thought about it that way right and together we were able to grow and understand that we share something in common, being that our roots all come from one place, and that's Africa. You know, it kind of reminded me a little bit about Joseph and his brothers in the Bible who sold him into slavery. Mm-hmm. That's kind of what happened to us. But the one thing that I take pride in is that we, wherever we landed, and even though it's been difficult and rough for us, I think what we learned is we could overcome greater obstacles. Mm-hmm. And we've, we've managed to support ourselves in this nation. I can only speak mostly about the United States because I've never lived anywhere else. Right. But certainly here, we have learned to overcome and we've contributed in every country that we landed. We've contributed, whether it's through the labor that we perform, we certainly contributed to the economic base of that country, 
and we creativity creativity our creativity also came through mm -hmm. because when you think about it our music our dance our art all went around the world from the very nations that we uh, landed in right so it's been an interesting journey and a wonderful discussion that we've had regarding the diaspora and I agree with you when it comes to our listeners they have been on point and I really appreciate them saying to us I've gone on the internet I've looked up the word diaspora and now I understand it uh, we've had some to come back and say I never thought about having relatives in another country you know they never thought about it but what right. really what I really gained from the conversations was when I walk around now I'm actually saying I am prepared to greet anyone but I'm asking the question internally where are you from based on the diaspora because mm -hmm. that is the new conversation. That is the way it should be presented. And then on top of that, we're not the only people talking about the diaspora. Right. When you go on YouTube and you, and you search for the diaspora, there are many people talking about it. So it is a growing topic right now. It is mm -hmm. becoming an awareness. Right. And I think that is great because it is causing, it is shrinking that gap. It, it does shrink the gap. And mm -hmm. I think also, don't you think it's partly because as people try to isolate and to stop you from thinking about your connections around the world, mm -hmm. it forced us to become more aware of those connections. Right. It had the opposite effect. It's allowed us to say, okay, so you don't want us to read about African history or teach African history or have African history-focused uh, books and tapes or videos. And that's why there's this explosion. Mm -hmm. People are now saying we have to fill the gap. Somehow we have to fill the gap. We have to be the vehicle in which people can understand that parts of us, relatives that relate to us, are found all over the world mm -hmm. and while they have different languages and they have different cultural stances that they take essentially if they are the majority of their DNA is African they come from the same place we come from yeah we are the same we're cousins that's right and, and but see I would like to kind of talk about this one little thing here I would like to throw in mm -hmm. You know, I was watching this documentary mm -hmm. about Gullah and Geechee. Ah. And there's this this Gullah people out of South Carolina that mm -hmm. are going to Sierra Leone meeting mm -hmm. the Geechee people of Sierra Leone. Right. Now, what came out of this this documentary that I was looking at, I have always said, I wish, I just wish that our ancestors would have just passed down a phrase, just one phrase mm -hmm. or a word that we could always say, hey, this word is in is in Africa. You know, whatever tribe mm -hmm. it is, right? We would have just said, this word came from Africa. Mm -hmm. But I was listening to this documentary and one of the 
tour guys was singing a song and he was saying certain words in Gullah in America and then he would say that same word in Geechee in Sierra Leone. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But he got to this word and he said, Oman. Oman in mm-hmm. Gullah in, in America and woman mm-hmm. and omen in Geechee in Sierra mm-hmm. Leone. And I mm-hmm. said, wait a minute. He said, omen and woman, that means woman. So omen in Gullah means woman. And the first thing I thought about, I said, oh my Lord, we have thrown away a treasure because we have changed it for what we consider to be proper English. So our parents used to come up and say, what are you doing with your omenish self? <laughs> and we, mm-hmm. we, and we, so we look back on and say, oh my Lord, my mother was saying omenish. <laughs> you know, yeah. Instead of saying yeah. womanish. But they were actually speaking mm-hmm. a language that was passed down to them. They were saying omenish. And it was correct. And it was correct. It was correct yeah. to say omenish. But know, we changed thing. it, you know. And even yep. when my my siblings and I, we say womanish, and it's like yep. no, yep. that was wrong. It Omanish. was mm-hmm. omanish. Mm-hmm. So that that mm-hmm. shows that we were impacted by that Gullah language. Well, you know, also from the Gullah people and the Gullahs of South Carolina, mm-hmm. those basket weavers, mm-hmm. the same style of basket weaving that they do can be traced back to Senegal. Right. That is fascinating in itself. Mm-hmm. But when you were talking about the language, it made me think about, there was a period where they tried to say that was Ebonics. Right. I don't know if you remember that. I do remember that. And they tried to, white people tried to pass it off as Ebonics. Right. Or the way black people speak. Right. You know, the way black people spoke was actually a language. Right. And that same language, parts of it, you can find in Jamaica, mm-hmm. you can find it in West Africa, right. and you can find it here. Right. But we never saw the connections because we saw it as separate countries, and we never paid attention to the pattern of the language. We never so paid we attention. Back, right. That's right. Paying attention and patterns. Mm-hmm. If nobody comes away from this uh, podcast that we do, the one thing I want that it them to take away with them is those two phrases patterns looking for patterns and paying attention mm-hmm. once you pay attention then you can focus on the connectedness of each of our peoples regardless to where they are in the world that language is precious to us mm-hmm. and we should have learned to do like hispanics do speak spanish at home and english outside right we have to be flexible. That's mm-hmm. the third thing. Mm-hmm. We have to be more flexible. So, and not take it for granted that because someone says they don't understand you, that there has no that there is no value in what you're saying. That is a language spoken among the Geechee people of South Carolina mm-hmm. and the Gullah people. Uh, Geechees are usually in Savannah, mm-hmm. and and Gullah people who are in South Carolina. Right. They understand it perfectly mm-hmm. you know and it, it makes me think about the one trip that I made to John's Island and I think I told you about it was a tour guide I came late to 
the gathering, mm-hmm. and he looked up at me. He said, you don't crack your teeth. Mm-hmm. And I said, oh, I'm sorry. Good morning. Right. And everybody looked at me, and they said, well, you speak, you speak Goa? I said, no. He said, well, how did you understand what he said? I said, I don't know. I just knew what he was talking about. Mm-hmm. So sometimes we know things instinctively that may be part of our DNA that we don't even know why we know it, but it's there waiting for us to use it. Right. And I think it's the same thing. Pay attention because we have connecting ties. Those threads and those those ties to Africa exist no matter where you are in the new world. Well, you know, we were also talking about assimilation. Mm-hmm. And when we look at assimilation, sometimes we give up things that was part of our family's, you know, tradition. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. just like when we, when the generation transferred over to us and mm-hmm. our grandparents were dying off and they were leaving that antique furniture behind. And we would take that antique furniture and put it on the, on the side of the street for the trash man to come pick up. And then here it is, white folks drive up with their truck. We'll be in the house laughing. Look at those white folks picking up our trash. They were picking up antique furniture. That's right. Valuable furniture. They were picking up valuable furniture. And we were putting it on the, putting it on the side of the street. You know, it's a and, funny thing when you say that. You know. Because that furniture, antique carries value we say old right we say old that's different we say old mm-hmm. I don't want that old furniture I don't want it yeah but white people come along and they say oh my gosh this is an antique that's right because they're looking at the how it's carved and the ornateness of mm-hmm. it mm-hmm. and the type of wood it is yeah and we just say it was oh, some old heavy furniture and they were saying how valuable it is and we were saying how old it is that's and, right. and they're saying how valuable right. it is. That's right. And that's why you see them on Antiques Roadshow mm-hmm. with something that's worth money and we're sitting here buying cheap furniture made in China. That's right. That's so right. We, have to, we have to learn value of things. You see, I think we, we have to learn not only the value of things, but our own self-worth. Sometimes we undervalue both. We undervalue what we're worth we don't know what we're worth. Everybody who works should understand what they're worth in terms of a salary. Mm. Everyone who has a salary should understand the worth of that money and how you can spend it. Mm-hmm. And why you should always allocate a portion of it to pay yourself back. These are things old school that our ancestors did. Mm-hmm. When they had a little business, whether it was taking in laundry or, or sharecropping or, vic- or gardening, they took in a certain portion of that money and they knew what pot each one of those can or pot that money was going to go into because one of them was slated for the church, one was slated for the house, one was slated for the school. Right. They had buckets. We don't do that today. I have friends that do it with envelopes. Mm-hmm. They have six or seven envelopes. Right. Every week, they put a certain amount of money in. And one of the envelopes must always be where you're going to reward yourself. This mm-hmm. is something that you're saving for yourself. Mm-hmm. So we have to learn economics, too. I think we have to do a better job at that. But I, I was thinking about 
what you said earlier about the diaspora. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking about that even though we went through such horrendous conditions here in America, mm-hmm. we've always managed to export something of ourselves that is seen around the world, whether it is gospel, jazz, ragtime, blues, R&B, hip-hop, rap, all of that came out of the black community. It did. And it's found around the world. I looked at some program the other night, and it was somebody in the wilds of Russia doing rap. Yeah. And we don't realize the impact we're having on the world. We take it for granted that we, what we do, nobody cares. But it's going around the world, and you have white people trying to do African dances, trying to learn African steps. I saw Australian Airlines, all these air, white blonde people doing uh, an African dance. Right. To sell their to sell their airline tickets. Right. So we we need to start paying attention to what's happening to what we do and how we can figure out to have people reward us for giving them that privilege but, of doing it. But yeah, I mean, but even in the military, you know, just the army history. General Pershing mm-hmm. recruited mm-hmm. James Reese Europe yep. out of New York. Yes. And James Reese Europe was the first black drum major mm-hmm. in the military. Right. And he was able to recruit his own musicians to bring ragtime rag music into mm-hmm. the military. Right. But it's not taught. It's not taught at the school about James Reese Europe, though James Reese Europe was also the very first drum major to fight mm-hmm. on the front lines. He's buried at the National Arlington National Cemetery in Virginia. Wow. So we don't have to know all of the trivia history, if people want to call it trivial. But we don't have to know it all, but we have to, it is great to learn about the impact that we've had on this nation and on the world and, and in the world. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because what James Reese Europe has done, it has impacted all bands, all military mm-hmm. bands. Mm-hmm. You know, but I think that we have to, with this diaspora topic, I think we really need to do an assessment worldwide too because for some reason we can't bring it together. For some reason mm-hmm. we're not bringing things together. And and I'm not talking about just the people, but we're not bringing our resources together. We're not growing. Almost every country you, you go to, we're almost at the bottom when it comes to statistics. So you have individuals that can say, hey, it doesn't pertain to me. I'm Oprah Winfrey. I'm great. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm Jay-Z. I'm doing great. Mm-hmm. But what you're doing individually has nothing to do with the fact that we, as a whole, we're almost at the bottom, if not at the bottom, in so many different categories, and that is throughout the diaspora. And I think partially it's true because of the system in which we 
came to America, we were forced at the bottom rung, mm-hmm. and we had instances where people did excel or break out of that bottom rung, but we never saw the vision to look ahead. Uh, there's been slave revolts in every country that's held the children of the diaspora. Mm-hmm. But the children of the, of the diaspora never saw themselves outside of their countries. Mm-hmm. They never recognized that they had kinfolk in other countries. Mm-hmm. And I think had they known that, and had we had a better way of communicating, we wouldn't always have to have been at the bottom rung. You know, and I think that's something we need to pay attention to. We need to be aware of. We travel. Americans travel. And we've become comfortable seeing people in other countries at the bottom rung and making a comment about that without being aware that that's where we stand in America. We've somehow separated ourselves from that position because we might make a little money, have a job, have an apartment, a house. And so when we go to another country, we look at someone there who might be uh, begging us for coins or look like they're disheveled mm-hmm. as if they don't have a house and they don't have roots. Right. But we should see collectively, there's a reason why we are on the bottom because they don't want us to know that we are coming from a common source and that we have a common situation that we're all in. You know, people have tried to change that, like Marcus Garvey tried to change it. He tried to make people aware. And when you try to make people aware, then you become a target. Right. I think Malcolm tried to make people aware. Malcolm tried it. Malcolm himself had gay, but he went through a learning curve because he didn't realize that even though he was Muslim, it was not the brand of Islam that he saw when he went to Mecca. Right, right. Okay? Mm-hmm. Um, so we have to become, we have to get out of our comfort zone or out of our small thinking, and we have to look around the world. And sometimes you can take that iPhone and just Google a country and Google the population and say, what are the groups in the population? What are the dark people in that population? Mm-hmm. And you'll be surprised at what you'll find. Right. You'll be amazed at what you'll find. And pay attention to the pattern of how things are happening within your own city. You know, just pay That's attention true. to the patterns. Where, where, where are events taking place in your city? What's the busiest part of your city? What's the most latent part of your city? You know, where people are not, where you don't see activity. Right. You know, just you know, just pay attention. Sometimes you'll say, I never thought about it. I never thought about the fact that things are happening here mm-hmm. and there's this large gap where nothing is happening. No movement. And then all of a sudden, you have activity in a different location. Right. Right. You know, so... Yeah. But Martha, I would like to ask you, you know, because our our minutes come around very fast, but we've done oh, sure. three segments on the diaspora. Mm-hmm. I'm going to ask you, if you would, not to close out the topic completely because we will return to it at some point. But mm-hmm. if you would share with our listeners, what did you gain from the topic? 
and what how should this go into the archives I think I I gained from it certainly I had an awareness of the diaspora but I didn't know the scope in terms of the number of people that were taken from the continent and dispersed around the world I think that that number was shocking and it was also shocking to me to find out all the different countries that we were taken to and that the sec- second largest place where black people ended up was in Brazil and we look at Brazil and we look at their version of Mardi Gras carnival and we say how pretty the costumes are or whatever but we never think about where did they come from I think I took away from it a greater understanding and a greater respect for us who survived it and who are descendants of those people. Well, I think that we have closed this session. We have again. And I think I want to thank you because, Frank, without you, I would not have had the courage to think so much about the diaspora to learn so much about it and it was fun doing it it was great doing it because it opened my eyes to something and parallels that we see that we share with other people that look like us and around the world well thank you and to our guests to our listeners yes you know here we are again about to close it and we will go to the next topic But I want to thank all of you for your support and all of your feedback. And we love you. We love you. And until next time, we're going to say, be good. Be good.